Hello and welcome to the Cocktail Hour with me, your host, Erin Folk. The Cocktail Hour is a place where we celebrate the women in business who are shaking shit up. This week we're talking about the crossroads between faith and business with CEO of Five Star Tax and Business Solutions, Marquita Miller. Welcome, Marquita. Thank you so much for having me. I'm yeah. excited to be here. Well, we're super excited. And you're on what we heard was a podcast tour, correct? That is correct. So right. Hidden what? Five and plan to kind of really showcase and bring some of my audience members who are a little old school yeah. to into the new age of podcast, the new way we do things. What so. number are we out of five? Out of five, you will be number four. Oh, wow. We almost got that last spot. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so let's start with seeing who is shaking shit up this week. The Shake is the part of the show where we highlight a few amazing women nationally and locally that are shaking shit up, making great moves in business and creating a better world with their passion. This week, we have a quote from world-renowned faith-based author Elizabeth Elliot. It says, if you believe in a God who controls the big things, you have to believe in a God who controls the little things. It is we, of course, to whom things look little or big. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I think that's, that is true because it's the little things that make the big things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've all heard the saying, it's about the little foxes and the little, it's in the devil's in the details. Yeah. It's all about the details. And so... If you can go with the things that are small, then you can go with the things that are large as well. So, got to trust. Are you familiar with Elizabeth Elliot? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I've... either. Christian always finds really good quotes, though, and sometimes I know who they are. Sometimes I don't know who they are. I think it's a good... Uh, I like the point of it being... Like, I think a lot of times people say, whether it be God or whoever they believe in, yes, they're controlling this, but then we don't want to talk about them controlling this too, right? So mm-hmm. I kind of like that comparison that if we're believing in this, then we also have to believe in this or it doesn't make sense. Right. The whole, you can't take one without the other. Yeah. You know what? I'm really excited. I didn't know. I, I get these notes the same time as you. And so I just saw these notes and I've got a got quite a bit to talk to you about today. Okay. So I didn't even know where we were going. We've only met once. I know. At um, I global. came to your event, Global yep. Entrepreneurship Week. Um, Christian's made me up some awesome cards about being on my podcast. So I yes. asked you to join. So I haven't got to read any of this. So I'm going to learn with our listeners. Well, cool. About I'm about you. So let's introduce you to everyone. So Marquita Miller owns and operates five-star tax and business solutions from her headquarters in Kansas City, Missouri. Her full-service accounting and business consulting firm focuses on a diverse menu of business solutions, including tax planning and preparation, accounting and payroll, business startup planning, and revenue generation. From the business inception as a part-time hobby in 2009 to its current position as a local marketplace leader, Miller has taught us to focus her services on small and medium-sized businesses. Has sought to focus, sorry. Miller fosters entrepreneurship in others and in her business places special emphasis on services for startups. Miller's businesses senses, business senses commitment to her faith and values have capulated her to the forefront of Kansas City's business scene and the community has taken notice. After working for Fortune 500 companies as an accountant for years, Miller knew her time to shine had arrived. The decision proved to be golden. Miller resigned from the corporate ladder and branched off into the world of small business ownership. During those first years, Miller relied on her faith to help her survive the trials and tribulations of beginning a small business. She shaped herself into more than just an entrepreneur. She became a faith pr- faithpreneur, a person who follows the path to entrepreneurship by first following the path to God. In 2009, Five Star was nominated for Small Business of the Year in the Metro and has been certified as a woman-owned, minority-owned business. A Kansas City native, Miller has accomplished her dreams and beyond while also serving as a mother, daughter, mentor, woman of faith, educator, international speaker, and board member of multiple organizations. Miller has managed to stretch the limits of time to also 
author of four books, co-author, and, and as well as co-author another book, which is now on Amazon's bestseller list. Wow. Produce two CDs and take her annual No More Excuses, Only Results conference nationwide in 2016. Miller unfortunately became a widow May 2017 after being married for 23 years. Miller not only talks... She not only talks it, but she walks the no more excuses, only results lifestyle. Welcome. That was a lot longer than most of our. Yeah. The most of our. <laughs> Christian usually makes you edit down that a lot, but I can see why she didn't have you. You got some amazing stuff in there. Well, thank you. So welcome. Thank All you. All right. So much. Well, there's a lot to cover. Let's start here. Um, 2009. You've been in business. That is correct. Okay. Full time in business at that point. Okay. So I'm. Gonna guess. I want to really start with centering around the uh, the faith part of it because okay. that's hit on here quite a bit, right? Mm-hmm. So, kind of tell us where you started, like how grow up in Kansas City, where you came from, and how that faith kind of inter interchanged with all Absolutely. of that. I'm pretty much overall from Kansas City. I graduated from okay. Liberty High School. Go Blue Jays! And so I there yesterday. <laughs> My way to the airport. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So in the midst of that, um, I attend a church that is around here. Harvest Church is across from Worlds of Fun. And okay. so my, I was raised by an entrepreneur. My father was an entrepreneur. He had a barbecue business, oh, wow. catering business. And so he really instilled the value of entrepreneurship in me as a young age. If you have to decide between selling water and working for someone, you better figure out how to sell water. So um, that was instilled. But then once I started going to the church that I went to, the whole faith concept was instilled. So the two really How old were you when you started going to the church? I was probably 22 when I started going to the church. So this was your choice? Yeah, this was absolutely a choice. You didn't grow up in church? No, not here and there, but nothing like to the magnitude of after 22, where it was a decision of my own and a lifestyle. And so from um, my pastor that began to just talk about faith, I just, you know, there are a lot of people who want to start a business, they talk about a start a business, but there's that thing called fear, that nasty little thing that keeps people from doing the things that they really want to do deep down inside, but they never are bold enough to take action. But then I noticed that those are the, there are those people who just like, go for it. It's all in. And so as I started looking in, in the faith world, I started noticing that people who had more faith were able to really go forward. Mm-hmm. And that faith was what trumped fear. And so I'll never forget it. It was a Sunday and he asked for people for prayer. And I didn't really know. It was a mega the church. Pastor the pastor. And okay. it was a mega church. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. I'm really close to them now. And he said, if not now, then when? Mm. And those words, because my dad had always told me about entrepreneurship and I did it on the side, you know, here kind of, but nothing real firm. Right. And so that day really was the beginning of launching out. And I knew I had to do it in a different way. So I came up with this saying, it's um, this is not that. And what I mean by that, I listen, I had my master's degree, all of that. So I understand the business side of business. But also, did you go down the normal path to get that master's degree, like straight from high school to college, college to master's? Well, from from high school, I went to community college. Okay. Um, by that time, while I was in community college, I was already married and, and was in, expecting one child. Then I finished community college, Penn Valley, go Penn Valley. I'm now on the board <laughs> of Metropolitan Community College. Okay. So I went from there, and then I went to Park University to okay. get my undergrad. And then from Park, I went to Keller. Okay. And so, because I was definitely very much a working student. What did you go time. for your master's for? Like, and, where did you think the path was? Um, before I started entrepreneur, I knew it was going to be entrepreneurship. I knew it was going to be accounting. And so my undergrad was accounting management. And then my master's, I did not want, I knew from having mentors, mentors are so important Mm -hmm. to not get so narrowly focused in one scope so that you wouldn't be broad enough to speak to other people. So the MBA master's business administration was something that would cover what I was doing, but also give me flexibility and latitude to venture out into other things. And so 
Um, so in the midst of that, you know, it, I decided to what I was doing for free, which is a lot of people. There are a lot of people are doing the thing that they're passionate about mm-hmm. for free. And so the the difference between doing it for free and doing it for paid and really being serious about it is that trigger that happens in you. So that yeah. trigger for me was absolutely faith. That was the thing that allowed me to do it scared. Okay. So when you say you were scared, how long were you doing this before you quit your, your current company or job? I had been doing taxes on the side probably for about four or five years. Okay. And so it was extra money. And so that's a whole other different concept, right? Yeah. It's a different concept when it's extra money versus if you, if the customer doesn't pay, you don't make your mortgage payment. Yeah. That's a serious leap of faith, right? And so I knew that that leap would require faith. And so I was working at Black and Veatch. I'll never forget it. Great, great paying job. I'll consider, you know, I had more month than I had more money than the month. So things are pretty good, right? I like that more money than the month. Yeah, I had more money than the month. So (laughs) so it was it was pretty good. And so I'm in the midst of that. I was like, well, you know, it seems like it's time to do that because I enjoyed what I did. And I built up enough clients that now I feel like I was working two full time jobs. Yeah. And that kept me from being with my kids, enjoying life, and my departed husband, all that kind of stuff. So I was like, this is really hard work. So I decided to take the leap and start the business. And I was going to work part-time and work full-time in the business. Okay. And so started out, that's how I started. And I can tell you that, yes, I knew all the business things to do. But where my faith kicked in is, you you know, they'll tell you in business, if you market, they'll come. Okay. I'm going to tell you that's not all the way true. Yeah. If you market and you do the necessary things, they may come, but it's what you, it's the action you do. And so for me, I spent a lot of time praying, a lot of time um, praying for pain, pain, keyword being pain customers yeah. to come because a lot of people will talk to you for free as long as you let them. Yeah. They will take up all your time, suck all your energy up for free. But when you move the needle from, no, 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 I can't talk for free anymore. I need to really like be paid and I need you to write that check today. That took a lot of faith in me believing number one in myself. And then number two, that I could help these people that I said I could help because in the business, I help people to start, grow and connect their business. So I had to believe that I could really help them get moving because if their successes would be my success. So faith was like the glue of everything. So let me ask you this. You know, you've heard this. I asked some tough questions. I know. I've heard about it. (laughs) I'm ready. Let's go. I got a reputation around the city. (laughs) You do. Let's go. (laughs) Okay. So this is while you were already married when you started this business. Mm -hmm. And my husband was working in, in, in business for himself as well. Oh, so he was, okay. That's, uh, that's where I'm going with that. Mm -hmm. Was he bringing in enough money to cover the bills? No, because his business, we really were, um, remember I had more, more money than month. Yeah. So mine really bridged it when he had expenses because he had a dump truck business. So if a tire Um. blew, it could be thousands of dollars. Okay. So my check allowed us to know we were going to make the mortgage payment. Okay. So now for me to go off into entrepreneurship and he's in entrepreneurship, we're like, both hey, you guys. Yeah. Hey, these two little people, they're in Pampers. <laughs> Someone yeah. has to have some for real income. Okay. That's, that's why I'm asking because it's a whole different story. A whole husband's different story. In entrepreneurship because so when I say I jumped out on faith, I don't know how much of my story, mm-hmm. you know, but I single mom, two kids, no extra income. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. In a non-compete. So that job had to go away to start this job like it was too much legality so i legitimately and i had no <laughs> i had way more month than money <laughs> okay <laughs> exactly for I like 12 it. solid years <laughs> of being a single mom i had way more month than well, money well i joined that group <laughs> after i started business <laughs> so i was like i i always joke around about here um 
I can keep these lights on forever, right? Because I know how to move the money around because I had to do it for, for so many years when I was making $11 an hour with right. babies at home, right. right? So around here, we'll always keep the lights on. We might, you know, They might be real <laughs> far behind, but I know how to move that money around to keep them on. With that said, so when I, when I decided to do this, there was no backup plan. Like I was able to get a bartending job at my friend's Mexican restaurant, mm-hmm. but it was, uh, that wasn't going to pay the Pay right. any sort of right. bills, right? Um, so when I did this, and we'll kind of get into this. So I don't know if you know this, but I'm a preacher's kid. Oh, well, I didn't know all that. Okay. Pregnancies out okay. of wedlock, right? <laughs> now, unfortunately, I don't have a relationship mm-hmm. with my parents anymore. Um, I I sat on the side of church where I was forced into it when I was young, right? And I saw the not pretty side behind the scenes. So I went away for a really long time, had a few babies, <laughs> and then ended up back. On my own accord. But it took it took Took having to be my own decision. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I remember I have this we call him Cowboy Brandon, right? Okay. Cowboy Brandon. He's a black cowboy in Kansas City that moved here from California. Him and his brothers moved here because they said that I didn't know this, but did you know over in Kansas City, Kansas, the African American population and the Hispanic population has a very big cowboy population? Hmm. I didn't know that. And so they had known some people here and they said land here is so much cheaper than than California. So there's 10 kids in their family or something like that. So a crazy number. It's double Mm -hmm. digits. It might be more. Him and his brother came here to buy up a bunch of land. So he's a manager or a supervisor at um, General Motors. Okay. And then he brought his brothers with him to run the land, right? So Cowboy Brandon and I met them at church. So Cowboy Brandon said, all I know, I don't have any advice on this because my brothers are doing this and I'm funding it. Just keep tithing. Just keep tithing when you start. Well, it's real hard to tithe on your bartending money, right? Mm-hmm. From the Mexican restaurant. It's real <laughs> hard to tithe. And when it's $10, that's still 10% of your $100, right? right? right. Mm-hmm. What did that look like when you're saying faith, praying yes. one thing, but yes, what yes, about yes. that tithing and that kind of stuff? Absolutely. I can tell you that was what I will call my connection to my confidence. I do believe in tithing. And so I to this day we tithe. And mm-hmm. so it's so funny. I've had um, board of advisors who would look at my financials. I, had, I learned how to make them creative now. Um, but they would look at my financials and they'd be like, what is this, what is this contribution, charitable contribution that's 10%? And that's my tithe. So I also give an offering from the company. So this number could be 20 to 25%. So in the beginning, the number would be in the neg- the, 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 uh, the net, uh, net income was negative. And they'd be like, well, if you'd stop this, we could get somewhere. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Only because I'm doing this is the reason I'm still here. Yeah. Because the Small Business Administration says that 95% of businesses that start end, 95% of the businesses that start, they close in the first five years. Yeah. So... I knew that the lady who mentored me to start this business, that at that time the focus was really tax, she had closed. So I'm wow. like, listen, I don't care what you guys say. I'm going to do this thing right here so that I know that after the 10%, I can really be confident that, you know, I've done the right. And it's to each their own. Yeah. But for me, I've done the for right yourself. thing. And the 90% is blessed. And I can say, God, you listen, I trust you with the 10. And I need you to come through on this 90. Yeah. And I need you to make this 90 grow. And I need this to be like the, the widow's might around here. Yeah. And so for me, that was extremely important. And I get a lot of conversation and questions around that. Do you tie it on your salary? Do you tie what comes into the company? It's, you know, to each their own. But for me, it's what comes into the company because I, I realized if it hadn't been for strategic, like, you know, even for us meeting at Global Entrepreneurship yeah. Week, if I hadn't gotten show selected to speak at Global Entrepreneurship, Global Entrepreneurship Week. GW is what then, I call right, it because it's a whole like, mouthful. Right. And then had one of the largest <laughs> sessions that they had the entire week. 
we may not have connected. Yeah. And I wouldn't be sitting here today and whoever's listening to us wouldn't be. And so I would be a fool that if someone turns into a customer that brings revenue, not to bring that seat yeah. back. So for me, it works and I work what works. I agree. Like I, to this day, I hear Cowboy Brandon. Like if money ever Cowboy gets Brandon. Here, yes. Cowboy Brandon says in my ear, going, "I tell you, if you just put that in the tie, it'll all it'll grow. It'll it, grow. It'll it work, will grow." Right? Um, okay, so that's a whole different conversation about faith. Yes. When we're talking about husbands and entrepreneur, you're tithing. That's a whole different conversation mm-hmm. than what it I sounded like originally. Where right. it's husbands working, you've got enough clients to walk away. Right? I think a lot of people do that, where mm-hmm. they they build up their clients. But then you're not all in, right? right? Like, then it becomes more of a hobby. Absolutely. And it also allows you, I think, you um, like the way that you went about it, it was all or nothing. Yeah. And I can tell you, I've sat down with thousands of entrepreneurs and the ones that come in and they have like a line of credit and a business loan or investors. I'm always like, oh, crap, this this they are not, probably not going to listen. They're going to want to do it their way mm-hmm. because they have this cushion. But the ones that come in and they're like, listen, if this don't work, I don't work. Yeah. I'm putting it all it on the line. They are hungry for it in the words of Les Brown. Yeah. And because they're hungry for it, their dig is deeper. Yeah. How was your your husband? I hope mm-hmm. yeah, let yeah, me know if this is good. comfortable. No, um, you're good. How what did that support look like? You know, it's funny because I'm the accountant. He was a dump truck driver owner. So he owned a dump truck, but he was the owner operator. We owned the truck. He ran the truck. We knew better than to have another employee. Yeah. And so we get home and he'd be like, so how much money did you make today? And I'm like, you know, none because I had all these consultations. And he's like, well, how many consultations? 12 consultations today. He's like, so you make money tomorrow? I think they'll come back and then they'll probably hire me. So we went on for this for about a few weeks. And he was like, listen, (laughs) two things shouldn't happen. You shouldn't be busy and broke. And I was like, whoa. He was like, you either have free time and be broke, but you shouldn't be busy and broke. So no more free consultations. And I'm like, you don't know. You don't have your MBA like me. So <laughs> did, did, did he have? A- no, he had a high school uh, diploma. Okay. And he had a small, like community college. Okay. A couple of years, but n- not MBA. And so I'm like, no, you don't know. This is how it works. Everyone gets a free consultation. But again, the faith part was like, you know what? He is the head. You know what? Maybe he knows and it's not working out for me seeing all these yeah. people all day anyway, and I'm not making money. So I instantly charge, changed it. So at that, numbers are way different. But at that time, it was like $25 yeah. just to sit down with me for an hour. And so I get in the mirror, and I'm like, my conversation fee is $25. Because you got to convince yourself first. See, that's where faith came it in. It all comes in confidence. It all comes in. Yeah. So my faith came in that I had to do this. And so... And so for a while, when people wouldn't pay, I'd be at the house. And so I'd be able to clean, cook. It's the best that I could cook. And put, spend time with the kids. <laughs> Look, we have something to come. <laughs> right. <laughs> All that kind of thing. So warm up the microwave, if you will. And so, but then people started paying. And I knew when they did, when I did go to the office, they were going to be paying. Yeah. And that was a difference maker. And today, the number is <laughs> 100 times that. Yeah. But I can tell you, it, sir, it started with his, if he had not had landed that thought to say, eliminate that free stuff. Because people will take you, they will let you do, they'll talk to you all day about their dreams for free if you let them. Well, I also think, uh, yes, I 100% agree with that. And we've just gotten to the point that to set meetings with me, I mean, I want to make this really clear. I'll set meetings with somebody that I honestly think I can mentor or help or something. But to set meetings with me just for free advice, we now are saying costs money because all of a sudden people go whoa 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 because my time has gotten very expensive and I'm lucky that the team kind of filters that for me but 
I find it funny that you were like, but listen, I have my master's and this is how it goes. We're kind of in the opposite situation where I don't have a college degree. I gra- I dropped out. I graduated high school and I dropped out of college. My fiance has his aviation degree. So we went through a ton of, and then he has a handyman business okay. and I have a, this business. So this business that we're sitting in. Um, He's not an entrepreneur by any means, but it came down to he was in a job, dead-end job, that he just didn't like, and I hated the stuff. So I said, what else can we do? Start a business. I and he it. wanted to do that. He, w- he wanted to go out and give quotes. And I said, well, you're not going to give quotes anywhere outside of five miles from here for free, right? I understand a couple of these quotes could be hundreds of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going five miles, it's going to cost us money. It's going to cost your time. Da, 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 da. And he pushed back that, no, if I could just get in front of him. Well, I know he's not a sales guy. Mm-hmm. He knows he's not a sales guy. <laughs> he's a really good handyman, mm-hmm. right, with an aviation degree. So mm-hmm. he could probably put together a great quote for you. But I think that I saw it very quickly on the writing on the wall, like your husband right. did, where I was like, and I almost wonder that sometimes if we can almost out-educate ourselves. I, you know, I was just going to go there when you were talking about that. I think that sometimes education is great. I won't take anything from it. Um, thanks, Sally Mae. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this, that there's also just common sense, yeah. right? There are some people who are just straight savvy, and you can get so caught up on the principle of how it should work that you miss just the low-hanging fruit of Come on, quit driving across town for free. Someone needs to pay for this and it'll make them a lot serious when you show up. Yeah. And so um, sometimes that that connecting, we have to have someone that says that so that you're like, wow, which is why I always say you can learn from anybody. Yeah. You never discount anybody because there's always something you can learn um, in any environment. And so I, I believe that's true. And that that's a nugget that you can you can be so educated that you start trusted in that as opposed to trusting your instinct. Since he was an entrepreneur first, do you think that it made you a little more confident in being able to do it because it was working out for him too? You know, I think that my confidence came from it was really from my dad because okay. every, I mean, from a small child, I just remember my dad operating a barbecue business. I mean, from in Liberty, Missouri, setting a tent up. I mean, they literally created the the health and code rules because of my father. Oh. He would like, he's like, oh, I'm going to take a tent and I'm going to set up there like, oh, you can't do that. Who said I can't? <laughs> so then they come up with a new rule and he'd figure out a new rule. I'm yeah. telling you, he, the rules for restaurant management today is because of him in Liberty. <laughs> and so... I see seeing that and witness him come back home and from a tent that he'd set up and come back home. And he'd show us, I made mean, $500 from standing on that corner selling barbecue yeah. slabs. I'm like, wow. whoa, versus someone who went to work for 10 hours and you're trading time for money. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I had the confidence that one thing I did know that I knew what I had was good. I knew I really could help people. Yeah. And so I knew if I could get you to to pay. I knew the results would speak and you'd come back. So I think the confidence really was for my dad. I think having a husband that also was an entrepreneur was obviously helpful. And it's funny because one of my daughters was with me. I spoke somewhere yesterday and she was like, all we know is entrepreneur. She's dating now and, she, and his family doesn't know entrepreneurship. So she's like, you know, they all work. I don't yeah. know what's wrong with them. And so it was funny because That's for them so- to be raised in this, they now find it weird for you not to have an entrepreneurial flair. Was your husband already have did he already have this business before you met him? No, we were we met when I was in my senior year of uh, my senior year of high school. Okay. And he was working for someone doing the same thing. Okay. He was a driver of the of the tr- of the dump truck for someone else. And then well, here's what's funny. You know what I thought about? It, but his grandfather owned a barbecue restaurant, okay. so he also was raised in entrepreneurship. But after a while, I started looking at the numbers. I was like, wait a minute, who you pushed gets, him into it? I was you? like, who gets this check? For the loads that you're doing. He's like, oh, that's his check. I get 20% of what's left. Mm. I'm like, well, how do we get the whole check? Because I want the whole so check. this was 
essentially not your first hit at entrepreneurship. You just tested the waters with him first. That's that's true. That is true. So I would say that. You so, never yeah. thought that back through? I never thought that back through until today. I told See? you I asked tough questions here. I know you do. Here. I feel like I'm in the Was chair. your mom around? My mom, yes, my mom, uh, my dad is now deceased. Uh, my mom is around. My mom is not an entrepreneur. Now, I'll say that, that to the question. extent that um, when I had my my first daughter, she decided to stop working and come home, um, and she was going to babysit her because okay. I was overprotected. And so, again, you remember, I'm the numbers girl. So yeah. I was like, how much do you make? Because I knew she didn't make that very much, a lot of money. She did housekeeping in a hotel. And I'm like, well, if I can pay you more than that could you make that could you stay home and watch her and she was like sure so she went into business i'm like and then if we get three more kids then <laughs> wait a minute so this listen, is like the third listen, crack <laughs> exactly so if you hang around me i will make you start a business I kind of but, feel like um, that too, yeah. so in the midst of it we added kids to it i found out what the rules were how many kids you could have in a house and so she started doing that oh, but wow. and i did the marketing for it found the people found the kids and collect the revenue but it was all about really me having a safe place for my daughter yeah. to go to school yeah go go to where i went to work in the beginning but that was the extent but she's really not aggressive not a salesperson now my dad could sell ice to an igloo what was your mom doing when you were growing up um she was really a stay-at-home mom to stay-at-home. be honest and you never saw yourself going down that road as an entrepreneur oh stay-at-home mom oh yeah. no heavens no personality i find it interesting a lot of a lot of times and i think it kind of has a little bit to do with generational too right a lot of time that a lot of women that i have sitting in the seat they watched entrepreneurship from their dad's seat mm, right because there's not a ton of moms were that is true that is and true. so i wonder there has to, i mean it has to be built into i think you, mm-hmm. you're either an entrepreneur or you're not mm-hmm. now i think you can make it work like my fiance right. or probably your husband mm-hmm. because they got someone behind him mm-hmm. that is Push, right right that's really going okay this is what you have to do <laughs> on the back end but and there's some there's some industries that just lend themselves to you might as well be doing it on your own right right so with my fiance's business he just has to answer the phone and show up like everybody needs a handyman absolutely right? i need one right now <laughs> i'll give you a <laughs> but so i find it interesting because did you have sisters I have a younger sister. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is she, did she follow more in your mom's footsteps or more in your dad's footsteps? You know, she's probably a mix. She can cook really good. And I don't know where I was at when the lessons were being done <laughs> <laughs> given because I was not there yeah. clearly. And so she can cook really well. She's now married and has children, but she works full time. Um, she's an officer in her, in a position. And now she can kind of work from home. She, um, entrepreneurship. She'll come to help me in my company during tax, about the tax deadline time. And she's like, Oh, you guys work hard around here. I want to go back to corporate. She's like, there's like no rules around here. There's not a, I'm like, there is SOP and we do have rules, but you just don't get a 15 minute break every minute because I need you to grind. 80 hours. Right. Right. Grind. And she's like, I'm calling human services. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's a different world. But when you love it, it makes it work. And so for her, she's like, I just need structure. So she's not necessarily stay at home, but she's yeah. definitely not an entrepreneur. She's definitely not an entrepreneur. But here's what's funny with her talking about pulling entrepreneurship. She does really great financial planning management for people who um, need to improve their credit and really take you know ownership of their money. Their money's just kind of all squiggly and they can't get control. They make can make good money, but they just don't do the right thing. Yeah, she is that one. That's so me. I started <laughs> adding her before she had children. I started adding her to one of my services, and so I would bill for her, collect her money, and pay her. But the minute I told her to do it, she's like, they didn't pay me today i'm like you sat down with them 
You finished the whole thing and you didn't. She's like, no, I just felt bad. They already it's didn't have money. I'm like, what? Yeah. what? And so I started managing that for her. And so she did, does have a business line, but her kids are still small now. So she's <laughs> on a sabbatical. But it's just another one of yours. <laughs> it's another. Exactly. I need her to roll back out quickly because <laughs> she can help make, keep Sally May off of you like nobody I know. So. <laughs> so your husband passed away last year? Yeah, May of 2017. Oh, so a little over. Just a little bit over a year. Yeah, about 18 months. Unexpected? It was pretty unexpected. He had been sick, but then he got way better. And so we thought we were really on the up of it because he had lost 60 pounds and the doctors had released him from... He was at one point seeing doctors like every week. I was like the driving nurse. Um, But then he lost 60 pounds. The doctor said, we don't need to see you for another year. And it was like really... I thought it was really going well. And then... It was not well. So, so it was pretty unexpected for me from that sense. How do you navigate that with your feelings towards God? Oh, yes, honey. We're going to go deep now today. So I was pissed. Do you yeah. understand that? Really pissed. Because I'm like, wait a minute. I am the faithpreneur. I wrote the book, The Faithpreneur. This is always my hardest part, right? <laughs> and like kind of what I was alluding to with that quote earlier, like, if you say this is happening, then you have to say this is happening, right? right? So but, I, I'm very interested in it. Yeah. I appreciate your candid. Absolutely. You're going to get it because tra- right. I've learned that my healing comes in with transparency. So I was absolutely furious. And I literally when people started coming to my because I hang with a lot of people who go to church. And I'd be like, listen, before you get here, check it at the door. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it because the boy's dead. Ain't nothing you can say to me right now, but just like. Just be present. Like Nothing it's all deep. in God's plan. Yeah, like yeah. I don't, I don't want. I can't hear none of that. Yeah. He's in a better place. No, I need him in this place. I, I just couldn't. None of that was welcomed. I could hear. Twenty three years is a long, a long time. time. Absolutely. I went from high school to that. Right. That's all I, you knew. Yeah, I went from my dad to being married. So one of my my uncles, he 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 was at the house after. He's like, you know, you never lived on your own. I'm like, well, thank you for pointing that out. I appreciate that in you. So, but I was really upset and I was like, how could this happen? You know, I am a person of faith. I remember praying. Um, I was at church and um, he called me while I was at church because um, he was coming, but we, he was running late. And, and so he called Did me he said often something. often go to church though with you Oh too, yes, right? absolutely. Okay, yes. So. And so this particular Sunday, he was more than usual, unusually late. And so I was like, this is really weird. And I looked at my phone and he's calling. He's like, something's really wrong. And I'm like, I just, I said, call the ambulance. And so I am speeding to get to the house. And I just remember I'm praying the ambulance workers are putting me out of the room. They're like, we're going to have to take him. My pastor's there. My first lady's there. Friends are there. And everyone is praying. I mean, if prayer is the thing, this boy should still be alive. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm like, we get to the hospital and then they come out. They're like, we're sorry. Mm. And I'm like, what? I don't even know what you're talking about because you better walk him out this room because my faith moves mountains. Yeah. And I'm not feeling this right now. And so it was a struggle. Um, and then what made it even a more of a struggle, because remember, my whole business is built off of faith. Yeah. I speak at churches about faith. Yeah. And finances, faith in business. So I'm like, whew, if I don't fix this situation, I'm done. Because one thing about my audience, you have to be transparent. Yeah. You cannot fluff and bluff on this stage that I'm on. Yeah. And so um, I took about a month and I where well, I'm gonna tell you where I settled in, because you always have to settle in somewhere. I settled in that God gives you a will too. Okay. Okay. And so in the wheel, I did not know what he, my husband was saying because he had been, when he was sick before and I was driving around, he did not like that. He was like, I drive him and have to get him to the door and I tell him to stand there and I get the wheelchair and I come back and he was just frustrated because he's a, he was a man's man. Okay. He so was going to drive. Like, he did yeah. not like that. That was, and so I remembered a conversation that he, um, that a friend had been sick and his wife had to 
do all this caring. And my husband's like, I wouldn't live like that. He was like, I don't. And so I remembered, you know, when the, the workers were doing everything and they were like, he's, you know, he's been out too long. It's going to be some brain da- damage. And I just began to pray about, against brain damage and things like that. And I just thought about it. I was like, you know, I don't know if he was really tired. And then things that I found out later, later from friends of, that had conversations when he was at the hospital. And they, at one point I was so exhausted. I had to have a friend stay the night with him so I could go home and get a good night's sleep. He was like, he told me, don't let me die. So I knew he was fearful. And I'm going to tell you, fear opens up doors that just like faith opens up a door, mm. fear opens up a door. And so I didn't really know how scared, because he, remember he's a man's man. So I didn't really know how scared he was, but I started remembering things that one time he had gotten, um, he started feeling his heart do something and he called me, he's like, get to the house really quickly. And I get there, I'm like, what? He's like, oh, it was anxiety. I'm like, I just left the office and drove across here. But those were hints, right? Like yeah. there's success leaves hints, other things leave hints. And so I, he was really battering, battering, uh, battling fear. And their doctors had said some things to him when he was really sick. You know, you're a very sick man. You're high blood pressure. You've had heart conditions. And he believed, began to believe those uh-huh. things. And so that opened up a door that why me and the village is praying one thing. I don't know what he said, but I also do know that he wouldn't have wanted to live a certain way. So I have to park in where I have to park. I have a a brother. He's a, he was a client and became, he was a friend client. And now he's like a brother who said, you just not an actual brother, but not a a, a brother brother from another mother. (laughs) And he says, be careful where you park. You get to decide where you park. So, yeah. And so I decided I'm not going to park in the lane that, God took him because I know the scripture says that God gives life, gives life more abundantly. Mm -hmm. And I also know there's a scripture that says the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. So I then park my car in that. I don't know what he was battling, but I do know he wouldn't want to live any kind of way. And I do know that we lived an all out life and we had great. I mean, was there more purpose to do? Absolutely. I'm not naive. I mean, how that. lucky are you that you met him in high school and got yes. that whole time, right? Absolutely. Had that been me, I would have got a year. Mm, right, 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 like, right. So that's yes, and that's you know, and, and yeah, but meeting other when I just had a widows brunch like yesterday that I hosted so, twenty widows, and there's okay, I want to circle back. Yeah, how do how do you get involved with a group of widows? Oh my gosh, um, after Was it a support he, group you found or you founded? No, I actually. So what happened is, I just after you experience a death of a spouse and people see your faith. And remember, I said I was going to be transparent. Yeah. So I'd do Facebook lives and I'd be crying because I wanted. I didn't want to pop back out of like a pop tart and be like I'm healed. And yeah. they'd be like, and people have unrealistic expectations for themselves. Yeah. So I allowed them to see the journey. When I started back speaking in July, I'd speak and I'd say, listen, I am only standing here because I know it's purpose. I would be really transparent. So then people would start sending people to me like I was like, I had a sign like send all the widows to me. And I'm like, what is happening? And so I got in there. I got all the single moms. (laughs) Right. So I got a call today about a a lady who just lost her husband last night. And so I got a call today. And so in the midst of it, I was like, okay, I really believe in, in another principle. Leaves everything better than you found it. Yeah. And so I said, you know what? I'm not going to be a widow long. Um, I do desire to get remarried. Um, that's just my personality. I'm an all-in kind of person. Move forward. Next level. Doesn't change that I love my husband and I miss my husband, but I desire to get remarried. I said, but before I leave this stage. Do you think he would want you to get remarried? Yes, absolutely. Because yeah. he'd be like, you know, I'm such a friendly person. He'd always say, you would friend anyone. You have got to have somebody to, that protects because I just trust people on face value until you show me. You're not who you're supposed to be. But he would always kind of, right. He was the person who'd be like, "Mm -mm, leave that person alone. He Mm kind of had that wage for that. And so we were a good, we were a great team. 
And so I do believe that he'd want me to. Um, and what's funny is we had conversations about that um, just plainly. But at the end of it, we both said that to each other one time years ago. Didn't know it would come back up, right? Yeah. And so I do believe that he'd want me to do that. But in the midst of that, so I gathered these widows and had a brunch for them. And we went to Big Biscuits on Shiny Mission just right down the road. And every one of them had lost their husband in either 2018, 17. There were only a couple that were further. There was one lady. It was just two weeks for her. Oh, wow. And so... I got to see that, and there was, uh, you know, I was thinking about it today. There were women that had been married for 45 years. Some, they were engaged. Mm-hmm. Wedding dress purchase. <sighs> wedding date set. And they passed away. And he passes away. So wow. there were, the stories were just wide gamuts. And so I decided, you get to, you know, you can't change what happened, but you do, you are in control of how you respond. What does that look like with your kids? So my kids, um, you know, we prom. They, How old are they? Uh, my youngest is 22. Okay. And then so 22, 25, and then before my husband and I got married, so I have two bonus kids. He had two children. Oh, okay. As well, so they're 27, 28. They'll probably kill me if they hear that because okay. I'm probably gonna get the age right. So, but everybody's in just their 20s. Kidding, she knows it. <laughs> right. I just, I really know it. I come through on birthdays. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so. They're all in their 20s. And so they know that I live all out, and um, but they're like, we don't want to live all out. And so I promise to make my journey transparent, but not make theirs so transparent. Mm-hmm. But one of my 25-year-old was with me yesterday at the brunch. She decided to be my assistant. And so she was sitting in the room, and she was like, you know, um, I felt a lot better being there. She said, because as a child uh, that is in the room hearing these women tell their story, she's like, I decided that I have... Yes, I get to miss my dad, but I'm going to be married and I'm going to be going all of life. And when I heard all these women share their stories, I started feeling bad that I was feeling bad because they lost their life partner. Because there was one lady, she met her husband in elementary school. Oh, jeez. Yes. And they had been married 45 years. And so um, so she brought that up. So in the midst of it, um, they are troopers. I'm telling you, I say every one of my kids bonus. I don't I just say referred bonus because some people are like, how do you have the numbers don't add up? But, um, you know, for those people who do math really well. Um, <laughs> Not me. No they're like, it doesn't add up. Right. <laughs> so um, they're they are resilient. And um, they're amazing. My two bonus kids. Here's what's re- unique about them. Their mom had passed five years before their dad passed. So, um, as the, when I got the news, I instantly thought about was they were in the same waiting room with me. I instantly looked at her face and was just outdone because I just thought, you know, I still have a mom, but to not have a mom or a dad. But then I, I put the mirror back on me. I was like, she still has you. Yeah. You know, no matter what, if I, and so You've when been I, in her life a long time. Abs- too. Oh, absolutely. A long time. And so you get, what was your relationship like with their mom? Um, you know, it was, I was, we didn't have the great, um, uh, blended, uh, Brady Bunch family thing, but I'll tell you at the end when her mom was really sick, um, there were some fences mended Good. because I was able to actually pray for her before her final days. And oh, wow. so there were some mended fences from that standpoint, which I think that, um, ultimately has made it easier for the kids. Yeah. Well, I say kids, but they're adults, um, to be able to bridge the gap in that time, that kind of thing. So, well, you know, it probably makes them easier to. Lean on you. Oh, feeling guilt. Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because if yeah, if it was a hated thing all the time, they'd have been like, oh, we can't hate you. We can't love you. You're yeah. like the devil. Right. So um, so that made it easier for the bridging. But they are resilient. Um, they are troopers. I mean, they are. I, I look at them sometimes. I'm like, they are made of tough stuff. Yeah. Right. So my college boyfriend, both his parents passed away while we were in college. And I think I was so young. I didn't really. And he acted, you know, his big old basketball player, tough skin, right? Mm-hmm. So he never, uh, 
didn't talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Just kind of on to the next thing. You know what I mean? And that's looking, a, back. looking back. Yeah. And that's another thing. You know, I did a lot of therapy. I did individual therapy and I did grief therapy. Um, in the African-American community, therapy is not a um, widely talk. It's a, it's a taboo yeah. from that standpoint. And I did that and I've, I'm an ambassador for that now. Yeah. And so um, I've finally got my uh, bonus daughter, my oldest daughter, to do some therapy and she's enjoyed it. Um, because you have to be able to release. I don't care. Sometimes it may not be. It doesn't have to be the therapy where it's sitting on a chair, but it's got to be some outlet. Everyone yeah. needs some outlet because if you don't have an outlet, then you bottle that stuff up. We had um, Julesette Hernandez-Jones. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she was our first podcast guest. And and she, for her, the type of therapy that was really good for some of her different issues mm-hmm. was art therapy. Mm, and she yeah. didn't know that. She had just found herself sitting down with her kid, I think she said, and became a painter. Well, I <laughs> but can... if you met Julesette, you would have saw that coming, <laughs> right? So I, I agree that not necessarily sit on the chair, but figuring out. Because I'm the person that goes to the therapist and I'm a mess. Like my therapist finally was like, this is a waste of your money because this, this isn't the type of therapy you, that need, you need. And that's the, and that's I'm great. trying to put it on a show for the therapist, which is really weird. <laughs> but you have to be able to go in. And for me, therapy work. Cause I was like, you know what? You're bound by the law, sweetheart. Yeah. So if I hear this in the street, I'm suing you. So you're going to get all this. And I'm going to leave this here on this chair when I walk out and it's done. I looked at two different ones. And I was like, I just couldn't, I couldn't make it happen. I, I want to circle back around to you. Okay. Jay. Yes, so, so dating. Is that something that has happened? Yet? Yes, okay. I yes, I dating has happened, and so. Um, and what does well, it look like for the guy that you date? Do you <laughs> date? Do you date other widows? Because I know there are networks for that. Right. You know, no, I have not. Let me be clear. No, I have not dated anybody who was a widow. Okay. Um, so no, I have not. Um, if for me, it's. <laughs> I could write a book on that. But in the beginning, um, because I really, you remember, I'm still pretty new in this. But yeah. I'm 44, right? Yeah, but you didn't really get to have a, a mega dating life ever, well, right? Because you went from high school to You were exactly right. So I, so my friends were like, Don't worry, I've been doing it for 38 years. My friends are like, you don't know right the, you don't know the, know the dating concepts and the rules. And so it, so because, and I think because I didn't know the rules, I would call a lot of stuff on the carpet really early. And yeah. I'd be like, don't call me. I mean, I don't know what's happening right now. But so um, it was, some people were probably a little wounded. Some people were probably yeah. like, this girl is banana cream pie. But I just wouldn't take a lot of mess. That yeah. was just it. I don't have I time to waste. I think that's an age thing too. Yeah, I don't have time to waste time. I got a business to run, kids to take care of. It's not going to work. And you're not going to be, I don't need you to buy a bunch of food for me. I can buy my own food and I can yeah. buy my own, go to the restaurant on my own. So yep. I, all this dinner dates, and I'd already, I'd lost um about 60 pounds after my husband died because my first therapy was walking. So all of this dating was starting to make me like expand again. I'm like, this is too much. <laughs> so we got to have a quick way. So phone conversations, I would yeah. start, look, I started having, consul- it felt like consulting where I'm weeding them out. So we're like, why are you asking so many questions? Game, it, that's what my girlfriend told me. She said, it's all a numbers game. So I just started weeding people out by conversations. And then if we get made it to the, the actual dating. And so I've had some two longer relationships um, that, you know, still had to work through, which here's what I'll say. They were great guys. I think one I dated too early on because my kids weren't ready. See, that's one thing. You can be ready, but if your kids aren't ready, ready. that's another situation. And so I really pulled the plug on that situation. Then he also had kids. Remember, my kids are 20. His kids were younger. Uh -uh. So I was like, I don't know about this. Listen, I've had kids by myself for 12 years and I don't date guys with kids. (laughs) You don't? So I get it. No. (laughs) And I had to do a big numbers game to find the only man in Kansas City that was in his (laughs) mid-30s with no kids and never been married. That was a mega numbers game. (laughs) (laughs) I found him. 
him. You found it took him. a few years. And I love your ring. And I hear the big date Thank is coming you. up. Congratulations. But I kind of did the same thing. It got to the point where, well, in mine was a little bit more situational where I couldn't go on a bunch of dates because of my kids, right? Mm-hmm. My son doesn't have... Um, there's not another parent involved on that right. side, right? Okay. So I would have these conversations from the beginning. Like, one, if you can't pick up the phone and call me, like, what are We're, you up yeah. to? I'm done, right? All those text messages, no. It I, doesn't, if, if, right, oh. another good morning, beautiful. I'm like, who signed up for this prescription? I don't, I never, <laughs> no, I don't want this. Yes. Unenlist un- me from <laughs> this prescription. Good morning, beautiful, beautiful. text. It's <laughs> like, the worst. Men, if any men listen to this, I don't think they do, but it's the worst. Right. Um, the, good, yeah, the good morning, beautiful. I, so I would have conversations and my fiance was the only one that spent enough time hours and hours and hours by the time we had our first date we were like we're all in right because we'd had Mm -hmm. a month's worth of late late night conversations because he worked he was a professional manager up until Mm -hmm. i made him quit that job and start a business and so we would have these hour-long conversations but it got to the point that i like at the very beginning with everyone i was dating was like here's all my mess what's your mess let's see if we could even if it's non-negotiables in there for Mm us and the next thing so i think i listen i'm no expert but I'm kind of an expert, and I think you're going about it correctly. Well, good, good, I do think you're going about Where are you meeting people? Um, You know, it has been out. I had a girlfriend who wanted to do this whole dating app thing for me. That didn't work out at all. I was like, you know. Which ones did you try? um, She has set me up on eHarmony. She can't set you up. Yeah, and so it just didn't work out really well. It was eHarmony or something, so I just abandoned that. So the people that you up on dating apps? No. So so then what I decided to do was just, I'm a friendly person, so if I'm out about i'll tell you smiling and eye contact can be now i realize i know your story but sometimes people go away from the natural things that haven't worked and so that's worked one of the guys that um i dated i met at um outside of dillard's yeah i was at dillard's waiting to get some makeup from the mac store and walked over to topsy's and just hit hit up struck up a conversation the other one i was at 54th street between clients and we start up a conversation and so i've had friends who've tried to do the whole connection that didn't work really well um nice guys i will truly say that most of them have been very nice guys i always try to stay away from the friend setup because at the end of the day they're still your friend and most likely just my numbers were showing it probably wouldn't work out for me (laughs) you say in the numbers game it wasn't gonna work out but (laughs) but the ones that the friends that would set me up with their friends their friends that they were setting me up with were out of state which is a whole nother yeah it's a whole because but i had a stipulation i didn't want anybody who knew me already because i didn't want to have to go sort through the motives of are you coming along for the ride because you think that you're gonna get on this train yeah what what is so i really wanted someone who hadn't heard of me didn't know me um so so i'm just gonna tell you i met my fiance on tinder but so so did the number one top paid woman CEO in New York because she didn't want guys coming along on this train. So she went on Tinder anonymously, kind of like I think used first a middle name and ended up meeting her husband on there as well. So I know story. Tinder gets a, a bad rap. It's mm-hmm. definitely a numbers game. But listen, it worked out for me. So okay. if, if you're ever back on the market, I don't know if you're on the market or not right now, but that place right there. Um, hey, why accounting? Why accounting? Again, this is going to go back to my dad. My dad would ask me as a as a young child, "Are you an asset or a liability?" 
and I'd be like, I just want to go skating. I mean, whatever Thanks, I need to be dad. to get to the skating. What do you rank. think? What do you think, Dad? That would have <laughs> right. been my answer. <laughs> whatever it takes to get to the skating rank is what I'll be today. Yeah. And so he's, are you an asset or your liability? And then one day I remember going to look it up, and I was like, okay, well, I think I'm an asset. And he's like, well, how are you an asset? I'm like, he's like, you work at Little Caesars because I worked at Little Caesars part time. Man, they just <laughs> shut down the Little Caesars over here, and I'm Did very they? yeah. Kansas, the Kansas branch those, here yeah. is having some issues, so they shut down all the Johnson County. They have the greatest Caesars, crazy bread. The crazy bread with the red sauce. I know. Uh, I'm very warm up. That's it. Walking hot and ready. Absolutely. (laughs) We could have a whole separate podcast on Little Caesars. Okay, so you were working at Little Caesars. Yes. And so my dad was like, you're not an asset. You don't own Little Caesars. And so as he began to talk about that, um, I started looking up the terminology. Well, that's accounting terminology, right? And so then I remember my dad said that if he, I asked him one time, if he hadn't been done barbecue business, what would he have done? He said, I would have done accounting. Because he was like, now here's the thing. Some people think accountants are good with numbers and, and, and that can be one type of accounting. Yeah. I'm the type of accountant that's good with strategies. Uh-huh. And so, um, yes, we do. We create the financial statements, but I'm going to look at it and make that thing come together to bridge, build a bridge. And so, um, in the midst of that with his business, my dad's business, I started saying, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Oh, and I didn't know early on that I was the Your accountant strategy. I was being the accountant at like 15. And so, um, that's kind of how it was. He, when I tell you, he shot a bow and arrow and just kind of called what it was. Um, but I will say that probably my parents got separated for a brief stint and we relocated. My mom's side of the family was in Jeff City and I went to Jeff City High School and they had a thing called career placement where you you had a semester class. I don't know why schools don't do this anymore because yeah. it is so important. Where they would test what your strengths were. I remember doing would, something you like remember that? that. Yeah, and it would tell you what the best jobs were. Mine and was so, in advertising. Here we are. Was it? See, and here it you took are. me about fifteen years to get here. <laughs> <laughs> and so it came out that accountant was my highest score, and the same score was um, juvenile detention center. Well, I came back. I was like. Well, what's the pay differences? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? What's the pay and what's the hours? And I'd like the accounting role. Yeah. And so that's kind of how accounting came about. Never went down that juvenile detention. I, no, no. I was like, no, that's When I was scary. in high school, I got put on a board. I didn't know what I was doing. I think I somehow got signed up for this thing. It was the diversion board. And I realized real quickly I was helping decide when kids got in trouble, their, their, uh, their fate. punishment. <laughs> right. I didn't stay very long. I was like, well, those are my friends. You're like, wait a Seven minute. This, caught, this yeah. is going to turn. <laughs> this is going to turn bad. I'm out of here. Uh, we just have time for a couple quick questions. Okay. Um, you have a team that works under you now, correct? Yes, I do have employees. And, you know, with, I have a networking event that I have volunteers to help with and someone who people who helped with my event yesterday. So no person is an island. So how do you navigate the God faith portion through the laws right. of having a team? Gotcha. So being a private employer gives you a little bit more flexibility okay. than a public employer, right? Um, I do not push my faith. Now, I will tell you, in the very beginning, I did a, my hiring strategy was probably very unethical because I would just share my faith. I'd be like, listen, I'm yeah. a believer. Where do you go to church? And, you know, most of the time people, if they're not of that world, they're, they don't want to work there either Yeah, because they know it comes, it comes with it. So um, in the beginning, the people that I hired pretty much were all faith-based. Um, now I don't necessarily make it a question about faith based. I make it a question about character. Yeah. Because I really believe, um, I learned this some years ago that you hire for character, train for skill. Yeah. Cause if you, if you've got bad character, I can't fix that on no day of the week. Okay. <laughs> so 100% agree. I, so there are traits that I'm looking for in that. And that ends up, you know, um, 
in the beginning, people all went to the same church I went to, which I immediately eliminated that because huh, if it went bad for family, the, I learned that right. Yeah. yeah, if it went bad for them at church, then it went bad for me as an employer. Yeah, and so I was like, go to your own church, have your own world. Um, but also, I also had to have some hard conversations with employees that are faith based, and I'm like, listen, they're paying us to do accounting. At no time do you start praying with. I mean, it's you got to be led, but are are you're, they're not here to have a Bible study. Yeah, no, they didn't pay for that. They are here to get the services they've paid for. So don't pray for them to have so, more money. <laughs> yeah. So we got will it. pray behind the scenes, yeah. but your time shouldn't be on things that's not that. You're not a therapist. We're not a Christian counselor. We're an accounting firm. Yeah. And we show our values. We show Christ-like behaviors by doing what we say we're going to do when we do them. And then the behind the scenes, you allow God to lead you and guide you to pray. We do pray for the clients we'll pray outside of that, um, you know, that their business will excel, that As kind of thing. As a team? Um, we haven't done it so much in the last after my husband passed, but we used to do it in the mornings okay. um, as a team from that standpoint. But then Is I there started- not lo- is it an optional prayer? Oh, yes, absolutely. Because okay. if they don't, you can. And here's the thing that so many people um, kind of can work around that. Um, Lisa Nichols is one of my um, speaker mentors. And so having went to some of her conferences and worked her conferences, she'll say, it's time for us to set the intentions. Well, I remember the first time I heard her say that, set intentions for the day, for the event. I was like, okay, set intentions. And we're all gathered in a circle. And I'm like, praying. And so it's all about the wording. Do you want to come to pray or do you want to set the intentions? Because when you're praying as a corporate environment, you're praying about the day anyway, right? So let's set the intentions is what she said. And so I learned a lot. Some people give her slack because of the word she uses, but she's just trying to avoid excluding anybody. And if it's about setting the intentions that we want to see the clients win, we want to see our work be productive, less errors. Okay, you're setting the intentions. Yeah. So I think you have to know your environment. You have to know your work structure. Um, have I hired and would I hire somebody who's not necessarily a believer? Can you get the work done? Do you have character? Can you come to work? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm after those things. So hire for character, train for skill. I struggle with this a little bit because I think that most of, I'd say half of our team, I know where their religious beliefs. I know that their religious beliefs mirror mine, right? Mm-hmm. But as we've grown... It's gotten very tricky, and mm-hmm. we recently, and uh, this employee no longer works here, and this is not the reason why. It just wasn't a good fit overall, but had a complete, total different religion that I don't think any of us understood, right? Um, where there was no holidays. there was. Mm-hmm. It, it made it very tricky for me to navigate it as the business owner, right? Right. Because I do believe the character was there. Mm-hmm. I do believe that this person was mm, a, a good, good person, mm-hmm. but their beliefs that they had grown up with and weren't. Were kind know, of conflicting. Was, all they knew right. was very different to to what most people around here believe. Mm-hmm. And even just as much like it was just hard for me to even figure out like what are we going to do for a holiday party now, you know, right. and stuff like that. So, so I've, you know, I'm going through that program at Kaufman, and so scale up, scale up, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> graduated this week. It's Congratulations! Big week. Um, but it's so I've really tried to figure out the legalities around that. Mm-hmm. So. And, and there can be some different rules when you have more from from Missouri to Kansas. Yeah. And then also if you have less than five employees. So there and are more the over the 15 now. OK, so. see, see, that's a different that's yeah. a different ball game, And that's why it does pay to have what, what I, I call <laughs> an advisory board and have someone on that advisory board that is an attorney. I'm scared of attorney. boards. Have you ever watched the show Empire? 
A little bit, but not Okay, well, I no. just got... She's making fun of me because I just got into the show. This board in. just keeps taking it away from them, and I'm scared of board. <laughs> but that's why you have an advisory board, because an advisory board has no real prior power, but they just help Just an advise. advisory, like not the actual yes. board. Yes, All actual right. advisory. And then that way you can ask questions, and there can be some win-wins from that. But yeah, with 15 employees, you... you it's Everything be... changes once you hit 15. Oh. I got to fire someone around yeah. We're right. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just joking. I'm totally joking. All right, well, I I appreciate you coming on well, so much. This was wonderful. On. I hope that we're in the top five. <laughs> you just went on five, but <laughs> hope we're in the top one. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> well, that is it for this week's cocktail hour. Do you want to hear from your favorite local businesswoman? Do you know a woman in business who is shaking shit up? Send your recommendations to Hey Girl at cocktailhourpodcast.com. By the way, I don't think you probably thought we were going to say the S word so much while we talked about your faith, huh? <laughs> you know, that did throw me a tad bit, but hey. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends. We share our stories to motivate and inspire you, so spread the love around. Until next time, I'm Erin Folk. Keep your class and your glass raised, and we'll see you at the next cocktail hour. Thank you so much for coming on, Marquita. Thank you for having me.